Hi, and welcome back to Mind Games with Garen Emig, Sellout Crowd Network columnist covering uh, mostly college football these days, Sooners and Cowboys. Uh, we'll, put, we'll get to football with the guest, very special guest here on the show today. We'll keep things in Norman mostly, unless he's got something to say about Stillwater. That's up to him, I suppose. It's Joe Castiglione, 25 years, right? Old That's pal, right. 25th year. This is really happening. What do you, hey, how are you celebrating your 25 as athletic director at the University of Oklahoma? By starting my 26th. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, it's um, no car, no cake, no. What, no, what the, uh, both the staff and uh, actually the softball team surprised me on the actual anniversary date when I was named athletic director, which was April 30th. Uh-huh. So they really, they really uh, got me good because I was over there for one reason to recognize the graduates or those that were uh, those uh, members of our softball team that were graduating and because of competition, got, couldn't attend their graduation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after we did that, they flipped the script on me okay. and uh, surprised me. And so, uh, yeah, it, I think a lot of people just um, can't believe it like I can't because I know. it's uh, went very, very fast in a lot of ways, just to even say 25 years. But yeah. a lot obviously has happened over that time. Yeah. A lot to be proud of, you know, sure. where we were and where we are today. And yet in our world, Garen, you know, there's one thing that's constant. It's what's coming next. Yeah. You know, it's they, they always tell me you're doing a good job so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> who's who's they? Who says that to you? Oh, there are fans. Fans. Oh, man. Come up, hey, you're doing a good job so far. You, oh, 25 years, you know, I, I've got some room to grow, of course. Oh, my. So that leads me to my next question. I was hoping you'd break some news for us. You're good for another 25, right? You want to just go ahead and announce that right now with me? Sure. I'm good for as long as they're going to let me stay. <laughs> I don't think it'll be 25. But, uh, hey, you remember what Bob, used, Bob Stoops used to say about when he first uh, signed on with you, right? In, in 98, late 98, I guess it was technically, but the 99 season, what he went back to Florida. You know, this, you know, this story. I love this. One of my favorite stoop stories when he gets in the car with an old friend from Florida, he gets in the car and he says to his uh, driver, his passenger, his old buddy, I think I just ruined my life. <laughs> right. That's, that's his, one of his great go-to lines as to how much of a challenge it was for, for him at the time. Did, did you have, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Did you have that kind of a moment? 25 years ago when you took after you realized what you were getting into at OU? Um, no, not quite like that. And I know Bob meant that jokingly, but right. I, know well, how I, know. Bob, I know how Bob thinks and um, his work life balance is he was really as good as a, a coach could be. And as you remember, because you covered it in so many ways, he he required his coaches to the degree he could mm-hmm. to maintain some work-life balance. You remember he started meetings later in the morning so they could take their kids to school. He right. had family night on Wednesday. You know, he was very intentional about work-life balance. And whenever he got asked um, how long he was going to coach, you know, he said, um, I'm not going to coach forever. He goes, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and be a middle school basketball coach. Right. I know you yeah. remember that. And yeah, so, that's right. 
Um, he hadn't quite done that, but he, he did go back to be a, uh, an XFL coach. <laughs> so, uh, not quite middle school, but you know, he's, he's really loving life. I yeah. see him and he's looks great. He's happy. And of course, having one more year where he could follow yeah. his son Drake as a, a significant member of yeah. our football program and a great player. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun, but for me, I, I didn't have those moments quite like that. There were some moments, Garen, that I, uh, I felt like there were a couple of important things they left out during my uh, interview. <laughs> I would uh, ask, you know, why didn't you tell me this? You know, so I, I have this saying that, um, you know, if you turn over a rock, you don't just get to replace it back on top of what you found underneath it. So part of coming in here was obviously having a 30, 60, 100 day plan, meeting people, listening a lot, trying to learn um, everything about Oklahoma before he made, you know, s significant decisions, but I had a vision, but I also knew there were some significant problems as well. And yeah. uh, so as I was uncovering several of them, you know, they were surprises. So I went back to President Bourne at the time and said, did you forget to tell me something? <laughs> and he would always say, well, if I told you everything, I, I was afraid you wouldn't come. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, well, here you are 25 years later and um, you've sort of become something of a model, right, for a, a lot of, of your peers and, and other, you know, you know, go to love, you know, A-list a -list programs to follow. It hasn't been an easy ride, I know, for you. And it's still not easy. Joe, the last time you and I had a conversation um, about your work and, and what you're facing. It was in the middle of Kane's ballroom here in Tulsa um, over a year ago. And there was a lot of stuff coming down at the time. And you were pretty frank with me about your concern over the future of, I think we termed it the enterprise. Um, you were you were legitimately concerned. Uh, I have not had the chance for this reason or that since then to ask a follow-up. So I'll, I'll take that opportunity here on Mind Games. You feel better? Or about or how how are you how are you seeing things uh, a year later? Well, we've adjusted to several uh, parts of the uh, change that has come our way, and yet you know we're still in the midst of the most chaotic and disruptive time collegiate athletics has ever faced, and I I think that uh, is a a statement that could be made without any dispute. Um, we haven't figured it all out yet. We've adjusted the best we can. Um, we're still living in a unregulated environment. We've seen certain things uh, accelerate or evolve, you know, in probably ways that, you know, maybe faster than some could have expected. Mm -hmm. And uh, how we're dealing with player um acquisition and recruiting, if you will, and then retention once they're on your roster. Yeah. Uh, and that's happening in all sports and all the factors that are going into that. Obviously, we're leaning in to uh, doing our very best in all the spaces that we can and do it in a permissible fashion. So following sure. uh, the rules, as limited as they may be, uh, you know, guidance from the NCAA, we've actually you've seen some 
interpretations of the IRS now stepping in and uh, giving you know their view on how some of the uh, NLI opportunities funded through collectives, you know, how uh, some have sold those as charitable contributions and the IRS said, no, they're not, <laughs> you know, so there's mm-hmm. been a pivot there. Um, but I think more, most importantly, Garen, um, the one thing that's always been my North Star is what can we do to put athletes in the best position to be successful? And mm-hmm. that's not changing, <laughs> at least not in my mind. I think to um way we go forward in college athletics needs to be better defined. We we don't quite yet have the right type of strategy to adjust to what the 21st century model of college athletics should be. Um, not sit here professing that I have every answer or know um, exactly how we should get there. Um, not, not that I don't have ideas, but, uh, you know, this is very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do I feel better? Um, well, we're still competing, and that's ultimately the most important thing. Our athletes are happy. You know, they, um, they're in the best position they've ever been in, uh, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And as long as we keep doing what we can to help them have the best experience uh, that they could ever have while they're on our campus, you know, then that's that's a goal um, not only worth aspiring to, but achieving because you're doing it on their behalf. Yeah. You referenced this just a second ago. And part of the basis for that conversation a year ago was a name, image and likeness and how that is, is affecting again, the, uh, the organization enterprise, whatever you want to call it. The hope is it wouldn't compromise it, you know, completely. And it would, it's sort of, we'd figure it out as we went, everybody, you and your role, uh, Brent Venables and his as your football coach, me is trying to cover it and all that, you know, keeping up with the changes. You did something last week with your athletes services division that you, you, you announced to the university. I took that to mean you had a pretty d- decent handle on the university's role, OU's role specific to NIL. Is that accurate or, or, or where, 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 where do you, where are you on that? And, and at least, you know, it's striking the, the right balance, right? Or finding the right spot between NIL and collectives and the football, the, your athletic programs. That's right. And there are many facets to this. Uh, obviously, rules dictate how much we can be involved. Mm-hmm. Since we've last spoken, many of the states, including the state of Oklahoma, have passed uh more defined um, laws around name, image, and likeness than what were on the books when name, image, and likeness came into being in July of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those laws have created, you know, some permissive standards. Uh, I think our law in the state of Oklahoma is very, very good and grateful for all of our le- legislative leaders for supporting that. It's comparable to several states. Uh, but most importantly, it provides us, you know, a level of protection because this is such a fluid area. We don't know, don't have any way to know all the different things that are going on outside. Uh, we do have uh, a mechanism to uh, have some level of disclosure from the athletes um, and require that. But 
we we don't know everything and uh, nor does any school at the moment um it's just we're only as good as what the athletes will disclose to us yeah and so uh what we've really tried to do is lean in even more into the space where we could embrace this opportunity on behalf of the athletes and put them in the best position where they can make even better decisions understand how they can build their own brand how it can uh, adjust to the changing world of business so there's an adaptability uh, and uh, then we can be involved in educating businesses which are now starting to understand how to engage athletes i think there was a little bit of period of time where they didn't understand it they were sort of feeling it out they weren't quite sure how far to go and so we have a range of of uh i guess you could say evolutions taking place where some businesses are now stepping in and getting uh athletes to do more take part in their business be spokespeople uh, i think you saw several commercials uh, this past weekend around the game that mm -hmm. featured several athletes and right. going back into softball they were um, really really our players are really smart at um, evaluating some of the opportunities that came their way so it's evolved but now businesses you know are being certainly a little more aggressive at getting involved because they see the benefit and then some that were tippy-toe a little earlier now understanding they can do more I mean it's no different than um, businesses hiring actors or celebrities or other people with name recognition to be spokespeople for their business or represent their business in a certain way, like an endorsement. So there's all this evolution around this. We just wanted to be able to lean in and help on both sides. Now, yeah. rules dictate how much or how little we can do. So we can't go and actually facilitate a deal for an athlete specifically, but we could teach businesses how to engage with athletes and then they go on their own. And likewise, you know, how we can better educate our athletes. You know, we're doing a lot now with right. literacy and uh, financial planning and understanding tax laws and all that, but uh, there's just so much more. And that's what this athlete services division that we launched last week is going to be about. And you'll see that unfold as we can, um, you know, do more and more. So it's a team approach, it's specialization, it's adaptable, and and it combines, you know, the uh, the forces, if you will, of, of a third party, which is working in partnership with us, that's Altius, and then the, uh, the efforts of our staff here. Joe, I think the perception is, and I, I think this is fairly accurate, that everything that you do, whether it's NIL related, whether it's facilities related, whether it's football scheduling or softball or basketball, what have you, is done with where you're headed in mind. In other words, we need to be here to better fit into our future home, right? The, the SEC. How much of that is, is reality for you right now? A lot. In fact, I used the old Wayne Gretzky a uh, phrase of state where the puck is going. There and, he is, yeah. And I I actually uh, talked about that last week when we launched this Altius um, Oklahoma partnership in uh, the Athlete Services Division because we have to expand our horizons and expanding the horizons for student athletes, um, empowering them, you know, understand how they build their legacy, you know, 
the support that we can provide adapting to change is what we're doing for them. But to your point, what we're doing for ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and how we adjust uh, going forward into a, a new world. And um, we saw that years ago. We didn't quite see everything evolving the way it did, <laughs> Karen. I uh, quite candidly never would have seen uh, a major conference like the Pac-12 uh, implode like it did. Um, I never could have seen that coming. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's tough. That's really tough. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But people are uh, adjusting, and uh, they made decisions that they felt like were in their best interest, just like Oklahoma did in supporting its best interests. Mm -hmm. And uh, doesn't mean you don't understand what making those decisions create, but you know, in the long run, we're charged with providing you know, unwavering, strong leadership, you know, for the universities we represent. And you try to do everything uh, with dignity and class and in a forward thinking mindset that uh, rep best represents what your university needs, not just today, but in the future. Yeah, you, those are two big words, right? Dignity and class. And that's that's what you'd hope from your position that this that, that's how it will go for you the next 10 months. Uh, you, I, I've known you long enough to, to know how of a, much of a traditionalist you are at heart and how much this conference, the, the one you're in now, not the one you're headed to, means to you and has meant to you. Do you worry that that's going to be a, a tough ask, that it, there, it's going to be tense at some weeks or some places, right? Or where, where depending upon the, the place you, you go with the team, depending upon the circumstances surrounding the season, um, is is how much bitter is there with you want to be sweet about this but how much bitter do you think is is going to be intruding on that well uh we're not naive we're not uh uh overlooking that uh will be almost everybody's favorite game on their schedule when we come to their place and uh, most of them will have us circled and you know, there's human nature and human reaction that comes from human nature that uh, we'll have to manage. So uh, we're going into everything eyes wide open. But it doesn't do us any good to subscribe to a bunch of conspiracy theories. We're not naive, you know, but uh, we're going to try to um, do everything we can to help our team have success wherever they're traveling. And, uh, you know, we're still a conference member. And we've been contributing positively to the conference uh, as, as much as, as we can. And uh, you know, we'll continue to do that as long as we're a member. And we want to be able to uh, compete favorably and, and compete for Big 12 championships this year. And we've made you know, no bones about it, just like any other school is trying to do you know, in this league. But you referenced it a little bit earlier. Um, I do have you know, a lot of great feeling for the Big 12. Uh, I was the athletic director at another university. Um, so in adding to my 25 years, I was five. So I'm in my 31st year as an athletic director. But my first year as AD, um, we were coming together to sit down and figure out the future of college athletics as it related to the Big Eight. 
And that led to conversations that would expand the conference. And uh, we, uh, you know, we dis discussed everything about it. And, uh, you know, there were you know, conversations that led to four schools from the Southwest Conference coming. So we didn't call them Power Five conferences back then, but, you know, that movement um, of the basically half of the league at that time coming to uh, join the, the eight um, traditional schools to make the Big 12, you know, really changed the course that the, the four remaining schools mm -hmm. went to other conferences. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a way of, you know, the way world is changing. And we saw it changing then. And we had an excellent league and had our league stay together um, instead of losing a couple members in 2010 and then about a year and a half later with two more. Um, who knows, you know, what would have been taking place in today's world. That's a, that was a great league. Mm -hmm. And so uh, maybe maybe everything's still intact. Um, but every time change occurs, um, it's preceded by a reason for change. And unfortunately, in our world, a lot of times that's been the expansion of television opportunities, which generate, you know, additional revenue, needed revenue to continue to support our programs. And so when that happens, um, people are looking for ways to, you know, in increase the value. And sometimes that's been the impetus for yeah. conference change. So I, I go through, you know, my mind and all the other changes that have taken place in the last 10 or 12 years. I can't necessarily say it was one or two factors, but I think it's the collective um, evolution that um, related to the reason we saw the world moving in a certain direction and felt like we had to do um, make, maybe make the decisions that we did. But we want to leave the, the Big 12 in the best possible way. And since that time, that announcement, Garen, you know, that, that is too another thing that's happened since we've talked uh, the last time is that uh, uh, as the world changed, um, more conference expansion occurred, teams moving here and there, conference playoff expansion. Mm -hmm. uh, it actually incentivized the Big 12 to think about whether or not Oklahoma and Texas should stay, you know, through 2025. You'll remember, you know, the last time we were talking that we committed to stay through the entirety of our agreements. We were going to honor everything, unlike a lot of things going on, but we, we were going to stay. And uh, but then things change and there's an incentive to do something different. So that's that's how we worked through the last uh, seven or eight months. And we're leaving to go to the SEC starting July of 2024 instead of July of 2025. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many different ways, you know, there's so many questions I can ask based off that. Uh, I'm curious to know if you still feel a kinship, ironically, given your situation tied with Texas, with your friend down in Austin, Chris Del Conte. I mean, you feel a kinship with him anyway, right? He's, a, he's an old friend. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, given what both of you are about to do and how both of you, again, are going to be perceived, in the current your current home because of what you're about to do uh it's it's interesting you guys you got the old phrase strange bedfellows right uh it's not so much strange you know maybe this is by necessity but you, you kind of are 
right, through all of this? Well, while everybody's trying to win their own championship, each one of us are trying to do the same. But mm -hmm. there's still a great deal of um, favor uh, and strength that we can bring to the Big 12 by both of us being successful this year. So in spite of where people would maybe emotionally want it to go, you know, that yeah. uh, I'm sure some would like to see, you know, bad things happen, you know, to both <laughs> of us if they're still mad. Um, you know, we're we're still serving the Big 12 if, if either one of us or both or others in the league collectively are successful, then it makes a great league overall. And we're larger. You know, we went from, in, in one year's time, we went from 10 to 14. So there's there's a, uh, a lot of different dynamics, you know, not just welcoming four new schools into the league this year as we are, but, you know, it's expanded. You know, we don't have the single round robin or basketball, the double round robin like yeah. we had, you know, so there are changes in schedule. So there'll be a lot of dynamics, but for Texas and Oklahoma, we're going to try to do our best. And then when we meet on the field, you know, going head to head, it'll be as intense a rival as it ever is. And um, after the games, we'll continue to work together to make a transition, you know, yeah. as smooth as possible. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll bring up Bedlam this way. And I, again, I, I know that you and Chad Weiberg, your, your colleague there in Stillwater, have a terrific relationship. Again, last I checked, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I assume, though, that that's still the case. Is that helping ease any difficulties specific to that rivalry or that, that relationship that you and Chad, I don't know how often you talk, but you can talk, I assume, if you need to, right? Oh, sure. Joe Harris can talk to Casey Shrum. I don't know how often Brent Venables is calling Mike Gundy. That's, that's their business. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, does that... Does that help what for a lot of people is a, a, a difficult, if for lack of a better word, uh, ish, uh, scenario between you two? Well, um, again, we, we realize with certain individuals our, our feelings that um, will take time to, um, you know, to settle if they ever settle at all. Maybe they never will. But um, for for us, you know, that time itself has, I think, played a, a positive role. As I've said, you know, publicly many times, and <laughs> I know there's other sides to this, and we're not going to bring it up again. So we have another round of yeah, of sound bites out there. But right, uh, right. you know, we're going to go ahead and move forward with scheduling. I know everybody wants to talk about one sport, but. Uh, we're still going to schedule Oklahoma State, and likewise, they're going to schedule Oklahoma and the other sports. A lot of those conversations have already taken place. So uh, there'll be a bedlam matchup, maybe more than one matchup in a certain sport, depending on how that works out, like a sport like baseball. You know, mm -hmm. it, we've played in the past more than the three game series. Yeah. You know, that, right. um, we, right. Baseball or softball, we, played five games in a couple of those years. So in any event, th those are all um, taking place. And so I think that's productive and, and uh, we'll just move forward. And, okay. and we have, you know, we, we're talking about a lot of things. We're, like I just got off a call before this one, you know, with uh, Chad um, chairing the, the conference um, uh, meeting that was okay. done on a video conference, obviously. But uh, so we're talking all the time. Okay. Uh, real quick SEC scheduling question. I 
you're doing eight conference games next year, and that's that's 24. all. That's, that, yeah, and that's all that's been determined. Just twenty four. That's correct. That's correct. Wouldn't it mean? Wouldn't it? Geez, Joe, wouldn't it make it easier on you if they went to nine just for the sake of having to scramble to find a fourth non conference game? Should <laughs> that be the difference in going to nine in that league, or what do you think? That well, uh, you know, there are a lot of complications as you can imagine. Uh, a lot of the uh, well, all of the current schools had scheduled for eight games going forward. Uh, they're certainly understanding there's going to be an adjustment yeah. at some point. Uh, hasn't been voted. You know, there's a process in place. Uh, is it possible that we play eight games in 25? Yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I can't necessarily predict when the vote will take place, but uh, I've made my uh, preference public and it's been to have nine conference games. Right. And I've said that since day one. So uh, nothing you know, surprising there, but the models are in place. So it can pivot from one to the other pretty quickly. I do understand that some of the schools in the SEC have already contracted uh, non-conference games. So some of those will have to be uh, addressed and resolved you know, move to other dates or, you know, dealing with contract provisions that, you know, call, you know, for things to be done if a change is made. Yeah. But uh, you're right about scheduling. I, it was tough to find two games, one being a power five in the short amount of time we had this this sure. time around. I, I hope not to do it again. We do have uh, uh, three conference games already lined up for 25, including – the Michigan Wolverines coming to Norman, Oklahoma. That'll be cool. Yep. That'll be real cool. Okay. Let's have a, let's get you out of here with, with something a little lighter, if that's cool. Uh, what SEC road trip will you most look forward to? Is there a place you've never been that you've always thought that would be fun? Atmosphere wise camp, you know, town wise, so, campus wise. So I've been to, uh, I've been to the state of Mississippi several times. Okay. Uh, but I've not been to, uh, Oxford for a football game. Okay. So uh, that's one. I've been my first year uh, in my full-time job. I was at Rice and, and our second game we played at LSU. So I, I know that experience. Alabama, haven't been to Auburn for a football game. Obviously we've been to Tennessee, haven't been to Georgia for a football game, been there for other competitions. Uh, Vanderbilt, um been to Kentucky for a basketball game, not a football game. So, uh, obviously, Missouri and A and M, we we knew well from you know the big eight yeah. or Big Twelve days. So, yeah, there's. Um, I've actually been to Arkansas for a football game, uh, but um, you know, not with Oklahoma. So, you know, there there's probably half, you know, that we'll experience mm-hmm. for the first time, and. Uh, our fans are so excited about the road they've been, game. They've been excited, man. Yeah. And I just said, now, wait a second. That's all great. But let's make sure that we don't lose sight on creating the reason why people want to come to Norman, Oklahoma, you know, yeah. to see one of the special atmospheres uh, that college football have, has to offer. So the Palace on the Prairie is is a, a bucket list item for a lot of SEC fans. So we look forward to welcoming them to uh, Norman. All right, you may want to pass on this, but I'm going to ask, is there a Big 12 stop that you're going to miss most? I don't want I know you don't want to offend, 
but if you can say it in a way that doesn't get you in any, any trouble, is there, is there something, is there a place that's, wow. uh, that's going to um, really tug at you? I think you know me well enough and you've been around me enough to know that I have found something special about every place. So special, special breakfast spot is what I know. Or dinner. Yeah. Or dinner <laughs> or some tradition, you know, so there's um, because I've been associated with the big eight, big 12 since, uh, since the fall of 81, when mm -hmm. I, came to the University of Missouri, um, you know, that that's a long time, you know, except this this Big 12 basketball tournament uh, will be the last one. Uh, and I started going in 1982. And except for the five years that I was on the men's basketball committee, so obviously I couldn't be uh, there because that's the time when the basketball committee assembles to you know, selection week, yeah. I've been at every Big 12 basketball tournament since the 1992 game, so to 2024. So that, and Kansas City is such a great place for it. Um, that, that'll be, that'll be a tough one. It, that, to me, that, Joe, that's the toughest one for me. I know we're supposed to keep it on football, but I, there, there's just nothing like Kansas City during Big Twelve week, right? For uh, March, right? Just the yep. the city, the city goes on, and not every not every place goes all out for hoops anymore. You know this, no? And, and that's just it, it. It has been amazing. It continues to be. Leroy Combs was playing for Oklahoma State, and I see him all the time. You know, especially as my kids were coming up playing basketball, and he was coaching. He's you know in Oklahoma City, and I, he was playing for Oklahoma State that that um, in nineteen eighty two and. Paul Hansen's team beat us, and we we were in the and I was at Missouri. We we're in the midst of winning four straight Big Eight championships, and they beat us. And so I always, every time I see Leroy, I he always talk. We always talk about that first game. So yeah, but football, everything is you know, there's something great about every place. I I, I honestly would have to, you know, stop and think. It you know you could really and and for a guy that spent all those years at Missouri, I can even find something special about. Lawrence, Kansas. You better be careful. Yeah. You know who you're talking to here, right? I've got a little. I got a little Lawrence in me still. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't broadcast that publicly with everybody, but you know me well enough. So be careful. <laughs> so uh, it'll be. Um, yeah. And look, I can't predict this, but uh, I certainly don't have any um, issue with scheduling Big Twelve teams. Uh, in the future, we just did. Uh, we have Houston. That's right. Uh, home and home. Um, and uh, I've talked to several other ADs, and I think once we, they work through their changes um, that uh, will take place, I could see us scheduling Big 12 teams in uh, the non-conference okay. portion of our schedule. So who knows? There'll be opportunities for a trip around the league here and there. Yeah, gotcha. How many bowls of chili will you eat? How many bowls of sky? Excuse me, skyline chili will you put away when the Sooners go to Cincinnati in a couple of weeks? Uh, or, you know, or, I've uh, done that before, but I mean, it's okay. I'm glad I did it. You know, uh -oh. but it's it's uh, <laughs> headline. Joe Castiglione calls skyline chili average. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> We can put chili on spaghetti and put a lot of stuff on top of it here. 
but I, I admit I I'm a when I go somewhere I always have to try the local the local stuff. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll depends on the schedule if I even have time. We are going to a steakhouse there that I I know there's a special steakhouse there. I was going to say, Joe, if Joe Castellano's not making time to eat on a road trip, then that's the biggest headline of the show. Oh yeah. So, don't and depending on the depending on the game, you know whether we'll have time for the Breakfast Club on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's finish with this. You you said, and I I think this is you. It's got to be you. You said you you keep the index card upper upper corner of the desk there in the office of, of potential next coaches. You, is that I never said that. Yeah. Oh, I, I would have it. Maybe, maybe metaphorically. Metaphorically, yeah, I would have it. Have hidden. an idea. Yeah, I'm always looking. Okay. Well, Not that I good. hope to ever use it. No, no, no. Uh, no. You know, you always have to be evaluating. And do I spend an inordinate amount of time? Heck no. You know, but yeah. it, there's always a process of just watching. Uh, it's it's just so if the opportunity presents itself, you know, you have um, something in mind. But I also tell everybody every time we have a search, there are a lot of things that can change by the time you go to that card, if you will. And, uh, you know, some of them might be interested. Some of them have contractual issues that you can't extricate. You know, their um, families in a certain age group, they're not wanting to move. They're not interested in coming, you know, for whatever reason. So even if you have somebody on the list, it doesn't yeah. guarantee that they're going to make make their way, you know, to uh, the final candidate. Okay. Okay. Well, you started the show by – Again, breaking news that we don't have to worry about this for another 25 years. But the question is, is there a proverbial metaphorical candidate card for athletic director at the University of Oklahoma? Do, do, you, oh. do, you, do you have such? You better ask. Do you have an idea? That's going to be your call, isn't it? I mean, they're going to let you choose your successor, surely. I don't know. I think that's up to President Harris and the board. You know, I, on, I certainly man. wouldn't. Uh, be uh, presumptuous in any way, shape, or form on that. Um, you know, if they ask my opinion, I'll give it. But uh, I think they're going to ask your that, opinion. But now that that will be their call. Again, I'm trying to. I'm so focused on helping the athletes be yeah, as great it. as they can, coaches yeah. and staff. And I, I have to say, you know, how blessed I am mm -hmm. to be at this university for all this time to work with a great administration to be, you know partner with so many great head coaches. I May mean, I go say something about every single one of them. And obviously we've got some that are literally the gold standard in their sport. I mean, that, how lucky are we, you know, at Oklahoma right now? And, um, we'll keep trying to do everything we can to continue the run of success. I think you'll succeed at that. Something tells me if 25 years tell us anything. Joe Castiglione, Athletic Director at the University of Oklahoma, my guest on Mind Games. Thanks, Joe. It was really good to see you again. Uh, really, really good to see you again. Uh, and we appreciate your time on, on the show. I'll be back next week with another program. It is a Sellout Crowd production. Selloutcrowd.com, garynemig.com. Check us out. Check out the shows that we put out for you, whether it's me or any other of our columnists, writers, or uh, podcasters, courtesy of YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or any other platforms you consume your podcast information. We'll talk to you folks soon.